Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. This morning, when I was preparing, Pastor Wayne had suggested that today I maybe do some sort of Christmas message. And when I think of Christmas, automatically the first thing that comes to my head is the birth of Christ. You know, you pull out the manger, you pull out your display, you set it all up, looks really pretty. Seems like a, per- a picture-perfect setting. Seems cute. Got all the lights hanging around it. But yet, if we look to the lead-up of the birth of Christ... A lot of chaos. There's not much control of anything. And so this morning, I'm going to be looking at three passages. So we're going to jump around a little bit. Two of them are right beside each other. The other one, you're going to have to flip some pages. All right? But this morning, I'm going to talk about three reminders that we can receive in the gift of our Savior that is given this year. So the first one comes from Luke Chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. So Luke, chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. I'll give you a minute. No more, no less. Okay, I can't count that high, so I'm just going to start. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So maybe you've read the story before, maybe you haven't. So we got this guy, his name's Zachariah. And Zachariah works at the temple. And so Zachariah is in service to the temple at this time, and he's setting things up in the temple for the service. And all of a sudden, the, the, the angel Gabriel appears to him. And the angel Gabriel tells him that his wife Elizabeth, who is of old age, is going to become pregnant, and they will have a son. And that his son will prepare the way of the Lord, and we now know that his son is John the Baptist. And yet, Zachariah, in this moment, instead of getting really excited or that, kind of has the opposite reaction. He's kind of like filled with questions. And so the angel decides, you know what? No more talking for you. Takes away his voice. And I'm reminded in that that God gives peace. In silence. 
Who here needs more peace in their lives? Who here needs more silence in their lives? Who here needs both? Everyone said amen. The angel Gabriel appears to him and brings news that his wife will have this son and will become pregnant at an old age, and he's filled with doubt. He has this angel standing right in front of him, and he has doubt that this is actually going to happen. Imagine that. Imagine encountering an angel, someone you know that God sent. They spoke a word to you. They said, You're gonna, this is going to happen. And instead of rejoicing or that, you just went, I don't know. Are you sure about that? You know how old I am? And think of it from Gabriel's end. He's one of two angels we hear of in the Bible. We hear of Gabriel and we hear of Michael. And I guess we hear of a third, but he kind of fell off, you know. Thank you for everyone that got that. And he doesn't, and he doesn't, Gabriel tells him this good news. And Gabriel kind of gets fed up because the guy just keeps questioning him. I don't believe what you're saying. I'm old. Elizabeth's old. This isn't possible. And because of all his questions, all his doubts, he just gets left and gets put in silence until his son is born. No talking. Friends, often our doubts and our unbelief can be deafening. Yet still, rather than lean into the risk of faith in God's plan in our lives and what it invites us to, we allow that doubt and unbelief to tempt us into this chaotic space of trying to figure out all figure it all out and come up with all the reason of, reasons of why it just won't work. God, you're showing me my pl- this plan for my life. You're showing me what this next season looks like, but God, I'd, I don't know. Doesn't look like it'll work out for me. Because I'm seeing things, maybe you're not but yet you hold the whole world in your hands. And it offers us just this chaotic, and chaos inside of us that we're wondering maybe, does God really know me? Does he know what I'm supposed to do? Does he know who I am? I remember when I first got a call into ministry and I went to Bible college. And I remember that there were certain things that were spoken over my life. I remember a few mentors of mine and my parents and that, they spoke that I, I had a gift with words and a gift to speak. And I was just like, 
I don't like being this, I don't like being at, at the point of attention. I'd rather stack chairs. Said I had a gift to write. I was like, I don't even like writing a paper. Why? Sometimes I don't even like people. Sometimes I don't even like myself. And God, you're asking me to go into ministry where the number one thing is love God, love people, share his word. At that moment, it was like, ugh. Why? I remember I kept asking all these questions and questions and questions. And I remember someone said to me, they were just like, Brett, you just need to be, I remember they said to me, and then I came across this verse on the same day. It said, be still and know that I am God. And in, in my life, and to me in that moment, that was like, Brett, be quiet. And just do what you're supposed to do. And then there's the, other, there's the flip end. Sometimes we're so fine with living in the, we're, we get into the quietness and then it's just like we need noise. Who here when they're home alone? I'm about to relate so well right now, I hope. Who here when you're home alone has to have the radio on, the TV on, something? Thank you, John. Thank you, Wilton. See? Yes. You have to have something on. There has to be some noise. Why? The TV could be upstairs and you could be in the basement. You're not even watching it. You might not even care what's on the radio. But we have this urgency just to fill our lives with this noise. But can I challenge you this morning? Maybe it's best that we just live in the quietness. No matter how uncomfortable it gets, no matter how loud our doubt may feel, and no matter how much our unbelief knocks at the door, maybe, just maybe, if we allow ourselves to live in quietness, we'll experience true peace. To allow God's word and God's presence to show itself true to us. To leave us speechless because of how inconceivable something is. Zachariah got left speechless. The Lord took the words right out of his mouth. This peace I'm talking about isn't just for us. It's for those we come in contact with. May I offer that this peace found in quietness is used as a gift to others. Zachariah comes out of the temple. And as he comes out of the temple, there's people waiting, and they're waiting, and they're wondering why he's taking so long. Like, did the guy not have his coffee this morning? 
And he comes out of the temple, and the people soon realize that he can't speak. And he's trying to sign to them, and they realize that he's had a vision. He's had a vision from the Lord, and there's this growing excitement among them because they know that possibly the Savior is near. They know that something good is happening. And they're so excited, and they're, they're so ready, and they're celebrating. And because of this, Elizabeth actually hides herself for five months to draw away into the quietness. Not get up, caught up in what others are saying or what others are doing, but to draw into the quietness. And we see she praises and thanks the Lord for he has taken away her shame. Zachariah's peace in the quietness is a testimony to waiting on the Lord to come through. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, because of his quietness, was able to rejoice. So the first thing this morning is that maybe we need to leave live in the peace of silence. Next passage, Luke 1, 29 to 38. You don't have to go too far, much farther. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. We're reminded of the promise of his word. It does not fail. We have Mary, the cousin of Elizabeth, who also encounters Gabriel and is told of a promise that will be fulfilled through her, the very birth of the Christ. She is told that the Holy Spirit will come on her and that the power of the Most High will overshadow her. Friends, we're reminded here his word promises help in a time of need. The spirit of the, of the living God is upon Mary. He, his power, the power of God rested on Mary. That when the promise she carried seemed like too much to bear, that she would be reminded that the Lord was with her, covering her like a warm blanket on a cold night. We see through, all through the Bible, from the old to the new, we see, we see the Spirit of God come on people. In the Old Testament, you see the Spirit of God come on and overtake people, and they prophesy. In the New Testament, you see the filling of the Spirit and the empowerment for the good news and the good work. 
The Spirit of God never, never, the Spirit of God is consistent from the beginning to the end. It keeps the promise of the one who speaks. I'm reminded of Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Has the God of hope filled you today? With all joy and peace as you trust in him. Maybe you gotta loosen your grip on things. Sometimes people will tell you to get a grip. Maybe you gotta loosen up. And when you do that, you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you give up everything, greater hope comes. Greater power comes. We're more attentive to what the Spirit of God is doing in us and through us. Mary's response to the weight of the promise of the Lord has gifted her is not is not one that is no short of encouraging. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary trusts in the promise of the Lord's word to her. She knows that God, the God she serves is one of hope. Because of that, she overflows in hope by the power of the Spirit. What promise has the Lord so mightily spoken into your life today? What does he want to fulfill in your life? Is there a promise in his word that maybe you're waiting for him to fulfill? Maybe you're needing to take closer hold of in this holiday season? To fully embrace it and allow it to penetrate your heart? In the New Testament, we see Paul, he calls for the circumcision of the heart, the opening of the heart, and the, the birth of something new. Maybe you need to echo the very words of Mary, that you are the Lord's servant and that his word may be fulfilled in you. We see in Mary that the promise of his word is steadfast and as we are reminded through the angel Gabriel, it doesn't fail. The promise that was promised thousands of years beforehand The promise that is given to her in that moment is fulfilled. He is the Lord. His word is a promise. Matthew chapter 2. This is the big flip. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 18. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said throughout the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. 
Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. It's not so joyful. That's, I don't know about you, but I don't know if that's part of the Christmas story. Don't talk about that too much. But it is a reminder that truth is a threat. Truth is a threat to this world. When Herod Herod realizes he's been outwitted, combined with the fact that a child is being born, that is a king. He takes, drama- he, takes, he takes drastic measures to gain control. He has every child two years of age and younger killed. Why is this? Because the birth of a king is a threat to him. The birth of a savior is a threat to not just his kingship, but the legacy of his kingship and to his family's kingship going forward. And in those moments when he had a choice, when everything felt a little out of control for him in that moment, he didn't turn to God. He went away from God. The truth was a threat to his earthly desires and led him to an out-of-control moment. The truth when walked out brings pain often pain we do not understand. The enemy will try and silence the truth, yet we are reminded of the simple truth through this story. His word endures. We live in a time today, and throughout the history of our world, there's been phases and stages of our world where the word of God has tried to be silenced. The word of God is persecuted. And yet, no matter how much it's persecuted, no matter how much it tries to be silenced, it is still endured. From the beginning to the end, it is endured. Its promises keep getting fulfilled. And some of you this season are going through pain and you're asking, why, Lord? Why is this happening to me? God, can I endure through this season when I don't really feel like singing joy to the world? Because I'm not seeing, I'm not feeling much joy right now. I don't feel like going to that Christmas party I'd rather just sit here in pain. And maybe, just maybe, in those moments, God is trying to reveal a truth or promise to you. And you just have to realize the promise is in your midst. So maybe today you just need to find peace in the silence not the worry or the doubt or the disbelief, but peace. 
promise of his word and what the truth is threatening in what seems to be an uncontrollable moment. What is the truth threatening in your life? That might be a hard question to ask. What is the truth threatening in your life? What's it poking at that says that needs to go? That needs to change. For when our chaotic world, when our chaotic selves are out of control, he is in control. There's a few phrases that come out of these three passages that we read today. The first phrase is this, as the worship team comes back up. The first one is, do not be afraid. It appears in the Gospel of Luke seven times. Number two, we see that Mary and Elizabeth are favored. The Lord's favor is on them. Number three, he sees the pain. Herod inflicts much pain on God's people. And number four, he's with us. We see the Holy Spirit is upon Mary. And we are reminded that he's coming. That there's a, his, this Savior has been born. He will come again. So with that, may I offer a word of hope for you this morning from the scriptures? Do not be afraid. You are favored. He sees your pain. He is with you. And he's coming. Do not be afraid. You are favored. He sees your pain. He is with you. And he's coming. Maybe this morning you walked in. And whether it's pain whether you're feeling chaotic, whether life feels chaotic. Maybe you're just a little on edge. You're unsure if you really wanna, if you're gonna endure through this Christmas season. Maybe you're looking at the manger scene and you're going, that doesn't relate to me right now. I know I'm supposed to rejoice over the fact that there's this baby born who's Christ the Lord. But right now, I just feel so much pain and hurt. My mind feels scattered. I don't know what this next year holds. I don't know who I'm walking with in this next year. Is he for me? Is this God that I, that I know that I read about? Is he with me? I'm singing joy to the world that the, for the Lord has come. May heaven receive its king. But when will I receive my king? 
He's just asking you to be still. To find peace in a quiet moment. To take in the promise of his word. And to let the the truth of his word take effect on your heart. And when we come into that moment, we know that Christ, in the most humble of beginnings, has walked with us. And we're reminded that he's with us. Do not be afraid. You are favored. He sees your pain. He's with you. And he's coming. As the worship team leads in this next song, I just ask that we would stand together. And that you take a moment for yourself and you, and you take in the quietness of your own heart. that you may not be afraid, that you are favored, that he sees the pain you're going through right now. And that even in that he is with you and he's coming again because he loves you. Lord, Thank you for this reminder today that the gift of hope is greater than myself. It's greater than this body of believers. That God, when everything feels out of control, that God, you are in control. God, that I do not have to be afraid because, God, through you, I have found favor with you. That in all the midst of my pain, in, all the midst, in the midst of all my weariness, God, that you are with me. Your spirit is with me. And that, God, that I am reminded that you are coming. The greatest gift I could ever receive, God, is in you. So Jesus, be the center of my life. May you be all I live and breathe. Fill me anew today, God. May the power of your spirit overshadow us as a body of believers. May your spirit work in and through us. And may it be a gift to others. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.